With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tradies News in a Nutshell on this Thursday morning. It is the 2nd of February, 2023. My name, Daniel Pettyroy, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 is our open line number, or you can send us a text anytime, 0457 All before Joel and Fletcher taking you through the breakfast show. Our Queensland listers, you'll get the first hour of Joel and Fletch and then it'll be Patton Heels along at 6am local time. For you, Vossie and Brandy, for our listers through SEN 11.70am return Monday week. Uh, Julian and Jaleesa in the chair next week and Joel and Fletch today and Joel and James Magnuson tomorrow to round out the week. Uh, big show for us over the course of the next hour though. There's been a big retirement overnight across to America and speak to our USA correspondent, Chris Perkins, in about 15 minutes to tell you all about that. Andrew Menzel-Menes from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast will join me in about half an hour as well. A lot of cricket going on. Of course, uh, the Big Bash wrapping up a huge game tonight uh, between the Sixers and the Brisbane Heat and then the final on Saturday. And we are only a week away from that Indian tour as well beginning one of the players, and I'll tell you about it in a moment, uh, stuck in well, stuck in Australia at the moment. So we'll talk about that as well. So plenty to get through your texts and calls as always. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Let's get into some of the news of the day. Uh, now, before some of the big news, you may have seen a few articles about this floating around yesterday and people talking about it on uh, social media, in particular Twitter. Uh, Josh Reynolds. Uh, He has won a contract with his beloved Bulldogs without even having to play a game. So Reynolds, who is 33 years old and he was on a train and trial deal, was expected to have to battle it out for a uh, a spot in the top 30 with a host of up-and-comers in the coming weeks. Uh, But yesterday, head coach Cameron Serraldo decided to reward the veteran for his enthusiasm and drive in the preseason with a full-time contract for Reynolds' second stint at the club. Uh, He said yesterday... He's been great around the place with his energy and attitude, and Cam decided he wants him here full-time. The young guys in the squad really look up to him, and it's been a popular decision. Uh, He was, of course, a big part of the Bulldogs, playing 138 games between 2011 and 2017 before he went to the Tigers and then over to England. Now, he's in the top 30. Whether he gets a game or not, we'll have to wait and see. It will depend on injuries and form and the like once the season gets underway in a month's time. Uh, But it got me thinking, great redemption stories, great comeback stories, maybe from injury, maybe from retirement, maybe from something else. What's been the feel-good sports stories? And look, it would be great to see at some point Josh Reynolds take the field. I was at his last game at Belmore. I'm not a Bulldogs fan, but I was at his last game at Belmore. And the scenes after the game... You could tell how much Bulldogs fans love him, loved him. Um, thousands of them running onto the field back in 2016, I think it was, at the end of 2016 or 2017. 
Uh, so he's back in the top 30 for the Bulldogs. He'd be happy about that. And he will add, even if he doesn't play every game and no one is expecting him to, he will add a lot to uh, the Bulldogs just in terms of experience. So well done to Josh Reynolds. He's back in the top 30. So yeah, your great redemption stories, your great comeback stories in sport. 0457 736 736 or one 300 And you, if you are a Bulldogs fan, um, would you like to see Josh Reynolds get some games this year? Obviously, 33 years old. He, he probably wouldn't be in my, well, he definitely wouldn't be in my starting halves, but maybe off the bench as a utility. Would you be using Josh Reynolds regularly throughout season 2023 if you're a Bulldogs fan or even if you're not? Happy to hear from you. 0457 736 736, or you can call the open line on 1300 01 1170. The great feel good stories in sport. And if you were Cameron Serrato, does Josh Reynolds get many games in the NRL this year? Uh, let's turn our attention, though, to cricket before we move back to NRL. And we're going to talk, as I said, to Andrew Mensel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast in about half an hour's time about all of this. Uh, but Australia, the majority of the team flew out to India. However, a uh, few issues for Usman Khawaja yesterday. So he'll fly out to join them in India today, hopefully, after he became the la- latest Pakistani-born player to suffer from mysterious visa problems. So we know earlier in the week he won the Shane Warne Australian Test Player of the Year, but he was left behind when his teammates flew to the subcontinent yesterday after his visa was delayed by the Indian government. Now, it was unclear exactly why he was the only member of the 17-man squad not to be cleared to enter India, but he is the only member of the squad born in Pakistan. It is understood that there were no issues with visas for support staff either, and all applications were made at the same time. Uh, We know how good he's been over the past month, and he was due to fly out from Sydney with his teammates on Wednesday, but could not leave because of the situation. Uh, it's understood that Kwaja has been issued a visa, but has been delayed by an administrative issue related to physical documentation and not yet being available. Uh, so he's now flown to Melbourne in the hope he'll be able to collect the documents and board a flight from there today. He posted on Instagram uh, with the line, me waiting for my Indian visa, hashtag stranded. Uh, we'll see what happens. Let's hope he does get there. He suffered similar delays uh, getting a visa in the 2011 Champions uh, Trophy, causing Cricket Australia and Cricket New South Wales to petition the Indian High Commission. So he flew from Sydney to Melbourne yesterday and hoping to get to India today on a plane. I mean, I know we're still a week away from the first test being played and there's still plenty of time for him to get over there and one would expect he would, but Less than an ideal preparation one would expect for Usman Khawaja. Um, the only player stuck in Australia. So let's hope that will get sorted. We'll talk to Andrew Mensel more about that a bit later on in the show. Hopefully it's sorted and he'll get himself to India. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Now, mentioned yesterday uh, in the News Corp papers, in both the Daily Telegraph in Sydney and also the Courier Mail in Brisbane, there was a coaches poll. There are some interesting uh, results yesterday around expansion. Uh, part two of that has come out in today's papers and just a couple of interesting answers from uh, the respective coaches and, of course, all anonymous, but they're asked a whole lot of questions. If you want to see all of it, yeah, you 
see it in the Telegraph. But um, a couple of just a couple of the questions they were asked. One of them was, should the NRL use technology to rule on forward passes? Now, there's been talk about this coming back in over the past two or three years with new technology. If you remember back many, many years ago, they tried it going to the video referee. And this would probably be in the early 2000s. And it was very hard to see if it was forward or not. And now they're saying they may use this new technology. Surprisingly, though, the coaches are split 50-50 on this. I actually thought it would be less than more wanting this because it is just another bit of technology that, yes, may get things right, but you need very good technology to tell if the ball has gone forward. But the coaches say 50-50 to technology being able to rule on forward passes. Now, you'd have to think if this technology was brought in, uh, I wouldn't assume it's this year, but maybe next year, there would have to be some sort of limit on how this happened. Um, obviously, we've still got the captain's challenge that maybe uh, captains would be able to use. But you couldn't be ruling on every forward pass in play. Um, you would have to limit it just to try scoring situations or, again, potentially a captain's challenge. Would you like to see them being able to rule on forward passes in the NRL? 50% of the coaches would. 0457 736 736. Open line is 1300. 0-1-11-70. I mean, we have technology for about just about everything else in the game. So some people would probably say it is a bit odd that we don't have the technology to rule on forward passes. And it does get frustrating when you do see, um, and it's not every week, but I'd say probably once a month, where there is a blatant forward pass leading to a try um, and the referees and the touch judges miss it. So maybe in that circumstance, it would be good to get uh, technology to be able to rule on that. What do you reckon? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 uh, They also overwhelmingly said 96% of them said they should have a window at the end of the season for internationals. I think most people would agree with that. I think if you watched any of the World Cup last year, I think it's pretty evident that teams outside of Australia, New Zealand, England and Samoa and Tonga, they need more rugby league than less. And I think more international rugby league is important. It's just fitting it in after a long season for some of the elite players who may potentially play all the way through until the grand final, including state of origin. But 96% of coaches say there should be room for international uh, rugby league at the end of the season. And they were also asked about the best coach in the, currently in the NRL. And this is a slightly weird one. Craig Bellamy, that's not weird. 67% of people of the coaches voted for Craig Bellamy as the best coach in the NRL. Craig Fitzgibbon came out second on that poll with 13%. Then we had Ivan Cleary at 8%, Wayne Bennett, Todd Payton and Trent Robinson all at 4%. Do you agree with that? 0457 736 736. Or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Look, I've got no issue with uh, the coaches saying Craig Bellamy is the best coach in the NRL, and Craig Fitzgibbon did some very good things with the Cronulla Sharks last year, took them to the finals, um, and they'll be hard to beat again this year. But ahead of Ivan Cleary, who's won two competitions in a row, taken the Panthers to three grand finals in a row, Wayne Bennett, of course, didn't coach last year. Todd Payton. Yeah, he, he did well with the Cowboys last year. And Trent Robinson, who, yes, hasn't featured in the grand final for a few years, but has won three competitions, including, like Ivan Cleary, back-to-back. -back. Um, what do you make of that? Who is the best coach in the NRL in your eyes? Is it Craig Bellamy? And do you agree that Craig Fitzgibbon 
is the second best coach in the NRL. I'm not sure about that. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And is Craig Bellamy still the best coach in the NRL? Is, Craig, is there another coach that you think may have overtaken Craig Bellamy? As I say, Ivan Cleary with only 8%, despite the fact, and yes, he's got a good team, but despite the fact that he's won two competitions in a row. What's your take on all of that uh, technology, forward pass, forward pass ruling? Um, would you like it? Would you like technology to be able to rule on forward passes? And also the best coach in the NRL, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And just before a break, there was a lot of talk uh, over the past couple of the weeks in terms of the Australian Open um, and in terms of Novak Djokovic and his injury. We know and there was talk about the situation with his hamstring leading into the Australian Open right from a day one of the Australian Open. And there were some people saying maybe that he didn't have a hamstring injury. Maybe he was putting it on. Then there were some people saying, no, he definitely did have a hamstring injury. Well, Craig Tiley, uh, tournament director uh, of the Australian Open, who does a fantastic job each and every uh, year, was on SEN's uh, in Victoria Sports Day show last night. He was asked about Novak Djokovic. And let's just have a listen to what his response was. Craig, we're 15 minutes in and I haven't asked about Novak or his dad. That must be yeah. a first. But I'm going to do, do that now because jared has been running a campaign to get a statue of Novak to recognise his extraordinary feats at the Australian Open, 10 titles. Have you thought about and have your team thought about how you are going to acknowledge his achievements? Well, I've known Jared for a while, and I haven't known him to be wrong too often. So uh, um, he, he, the the idea with Novak is, I think a lot of a lot of the challenges um, around Novak, he gets a bad rap. But at the end of the day, I don't think anyone can question his athleticism. This guy, I did see, he had a three centimeter tear in his hammy. He had a tear last year in his stomach, and and all those. So are you say, are you saying there was a there was a tear in Absolutely. in the hammy? You Absolutely. saw the scan. Yeah, absolutely. And the doctors are not going to tell you, they're going to tell you the truth. And, and, uh, and so he, you know, I think there was a lot of speculation of whether it was true or not. And it's hard to believe that someone can do what they do with those types of injuries. But, but I, you know, he's remarkable. He's, he's, he, and to deal with extremely professional, he's so focused on everything that he does, every single minute of the day, what he eats, how he, what he drinks, when he does it, how he does it. Um, there's no breakdown, no mental breakdown ever in anything that he does. And he's been through a, a lot. And, uh, and to win 10 Australian Opens, uh, I don't think that's ever going to be repeated mm. uh, to the extent that he's done it. Over the last 15 years, he tells me 14 years because he missed last year. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, I think it's a remarkable achievement. I don't know. He's still playing. So statues generally go to people that aren't playing. But, uh, but uh, he'll, have, he'll, be, he'll hold a, a significant place in the history of the Australian Open. Yeah, Craig Tiley on Sports Day on SEN in Victoria last night. So, yeah, won the whole Australian Open while battling a three-centimetre tear in his hamstring. So maybe he was injured. Uh, there were yeah, people question, a few question marks 
on that. Jim Courier was one in commentary on Channel 9 that kept defending him, saying he is playing a different style of tennis. So anyway, there you go. So Novak Djokovic winning his 10th Australian Open while battling a three-centimetre tear in his hamstring. It's been uh, revealed. So that is a very good effort for Novak Djokovic. It's quarter past five, quarter past four in Queensland. 0457 736 736. The text number, some texts already coming in. I'll get to them shortly. You can call the open line anytime. 1300 01 1170. On the back of Josh Reynolds getting a top 30 contract in the Bulldogs. Feel good sports stories. Great comeback stories either from retirement, maybe injury, maybe something else. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. 96% of coaches believe there should be technology in the NRL to rule on forward passes. Would you like to see that? Would you like more technology in rugby league, not less? Uh, or do you disagree completely? 0457 736 736. And they have voted Craig Bellamy uh, with 67% of the vote as the best coach in the game. But it's Craig Fitzgibbon, the second best coach in the game. And Ivan Cleary only polling 8%. Who is the best coach in the NRL at the moment? And do you think Greg Fitzgibbon is the second best coach in the game? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. There's been some breaking news from America in the world of sport overnight. We'll get to that next with Chris Perkins right after this break. It's 16 past five in New South Wales, 16 past four in Queensland. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. He sure is. 21 past five in New South Wales. 21 past four in Queensland. 0457 736 736 is our text number. Open line 1300. 011170 asking you feel good stories, sporting stories, good comeback stories after Josh Reynolds got a top 30 contract in the NRL for the Bulldogs. Again, 33 years of age. Would you be playing him this year? Uh, also, the coaches have wanted, uh, been surveyed in this poll, 96% of them NRL coaches wanting technology to rule on forward passes. Do you want more technology in the game or less? 0457 736 736. And they've overwhelmingly voted Craig, Fitz, uh, sorry, Craig Bellamy as the best coach in the game with 67% of the vote. Craig Fitzgibbon. The next best on 13%, followed by Ivan Cleary on 8%, then uh, Trent Robinson, Wayne Bennett, Todd Payton on 4%. Do you agree with that? Or do you think that's a little harsh on Ivan Cleary after winning two competitions in a row? Or anything else in sport? Plenty of texts there. I'll get to them in a second. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. But I woke up uh, this morning and it did feel like a bit like Groundhog Day because this man, Tom Brady, posted this announcement on Instagram. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year, so... Uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. My family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Yeah, so Tom Brady making his announcement overnight our time that he is retiring. 
again. Chris Perkins is on the line to talk about all of that from America. We will have a chat with him about everything else tomorrow, but we thought we'd have a chat with him on this. Good morning to you, Chris. Yeah, would it have been appropriate to have uh, Sonny and Cher, I Got You, Babe, <laughs> playing when you woke up this morning? Uh, quite the full Groundhog Day effect. It, it is a real Groundhog Day. I've got a text from Dan. I'll get to it in a second. Uh, I'll read Tom Brady. Um, firstly, I don't really know where to start, but I guess the reaction uh, it probably hasn't come as a huge shock considering he did this 12 months ago, then came back, and look, he didn't have his best year uh, in the year just gone, but what has been the reaction from people in America since this announcement? Uh, the the reaction that I've seen, it's been you know certainly not unexpected mm. uh, that he would retire. And, and Tom Brady struggles this year. They weren't they weren't on the field for himself. He threw for 4,700 yards this year, third best in the National Football League. Statistically, he was fantastic. Uh, through 25 touchdown passes, his team struggled. They had a losing record, but still made the playoffs. Uh, personal life, uh, not so much. He, he wound up becoming a single man during this during this football season after his unretirement. So uh, I I wasn't surprised. I've been saying the last couple of months with all the speculation that's been going on about where he was going to play at in 2023. I've been hearing, you know, the Raiders, the 49ers, the Dolphins, maybe even the Jets. I'm like, no, he's got 375 million reasons to go sit in a Fox broadcast booth. Mm. And he should start taking it. I expect him to start taking that money as soon as possible. Well, now he's got his chance. He, he can he can start working for Fox now and at least stay in the game. So uh, I, I think a lot of the reaction is, you know, a, a, an amazing career. Uh, obviously, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Quite honestly, I'll go one step further. If the Hall of Fame wasn't worried about being burned by him coming out of retirement again, uh, they should announce him uh, during the NFL Honors next week. Uh, and and waive that five-year waiting period and just put him in Canton now. Yeah, well, there's no chances there that he's going to come out of retirement again, surely. And I suppose whilst you answer that question, if you could ever have, and we will never get the chance, more than likely to sit down with Tom Brady and have a one-on-one chat with him, but do you think there would be some regret that he decided to come out of retirement this time around? There probably would be. Considering everything that went down, last year it felt like he was kind of forced into it. Because mm. if you remember, the, there was a rampant speculation that, and reporting from respected NFL reporters that he was going to retire long before he said anything um, on his podcast or anywhere else that he was going to retire. Uh, so last year, it kind of felt like he got forced into it. This year, it came completely out of the blue because all the speculation about Brady wasn't whether he was going to retire. It was what team was he going to play for in 2023. Um, and, you know, you had multiple teams uh, being talked about where he was playing, but retirement wasn't really in, in the cards for him. And then wake up this, I wake up this morning, first thing I see on my Twitter feed is Tom Brady's face putting that video out, I'm like, oh, my. That, it, it was like a bolt out of the blue. Certainly uh, is. Now, if you cast your mind back, not quite 12 months, but let's go about 10, 9 months, uh, there was an auction uh, of his final uh, touchdown ball, I believe it was, which went for a, quite a lot of money. Now, I don't know what happened with that. I think it was voided in the end. Um, 
will we see another sort of auction this year again? And will would it go for that uh, same type of money? I think I, I'm just reading here $518,000. It should have gone for last year before he uh, decided to come back out of retirement. Uh, you know, there, there might. I don't, I don't know where that ball is. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm assuming Brady would have it, mm. maybe. Um, I, there, I, I just flat out don't know. If, if it's in the hands of some somebody not affiliated with Brady or, or the Buccaneers, uh, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see that thing wind up on the auction block for, for a decent amount of money. I mean, you think about his number, his, his career number. He lead, he's the he's the all-time leader in passing yards. He threw for 89,214 yards and 649 touchdown passes. Both of those are the career NFL record. So, yeah, certainly uh, uh, Tom Brady's final touchdown pass ball, that would fetch some decent money on the auction market, on, in the memorabilia market. I have no doubt it would. I'll ask you in a minute your favourite Tom Brady uh, moment, but you mentioned that Fox Sports contract. And look, the funny thing about this, Chris, is this was, I I think, done and dusted before he uh, made his retirement announcement last time, or it was there or thereabouts anyway. Um, What, $375, $380 million uh, just to... Tricky, tricky job, of course, but just to commentate uh, games and give his thoughts. Is, look, it's, I know he'll miss playing, but it's not a bad deal to step into as soon as you finish uh, play, your playing career. No, eight-figure, uh, an eight-figure annual uh, salary, and you're getting to watch football and not get hit by 300-pound men running at full mm. speed with bad intentions. Yeah, good gig if you can get it. Absolutely. Now, <laughs> I, that's a great gig. I, uh, I'm ha- I'm happy for him to be able to take it. What do you reckon, um, before we let you go, what what do you reckon Giselle is thinking about all of this? Because I remember just before I went to the UK and there was a lot of talk about him and Giselle, and look, I'm not overly interested in any of that, but do, do, do you think she's thinking, well, what, what, actually, what do you think she would be thinking uh, right now? I, I couldn't even begin <laughs> to, to speculate. Maybe this... Maybe this is Brady. He he got his he got his final shot at the NFL, and maybe it's Brady looking inside himself and going, you know what? I've I made some huge mistakes going back. Mm. Cost me my wife. Maybe maybe I can get her back. Maybe that's going through through his mind. Uh, what's going through her mind? Maybe maybe she'll forgive him. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. I. Well, this will be a case of it'll be something certainly worth watching. Maybe that'll be the next twist in uh, the story. Uh, before I let you go, Chris, and we'll, and we'll speak again tomorrow, your favourite Tom Brady moment, is there one that stands out or is there just too many of them? Oh, man. You, let, me, let me be very clear. I, I respect Tom Brady's career. My, my personal recollections of, of great Tom Brady moments – uh, his first one would be kind of one that I absolutely positively will hate for the rest of my life, and it's leading that that winning drive in Super Bowl 36 against my St. Louis Rams. Mm. So I, I've kind of had a love-hate yeah. relationship with the idea of Tom Brady as a, as a great quarterback. I absolutely respect his career. He, he is the GOAT. I will be happy to say that because I am, I am an objective person. But, but the fact that his, his career started being made on the back of my team in a Super Bowl, it still rubs me the wrong way. 
Yeah, bittersweet uh, for you, Chris, isn't it? Thanks for jumping on, <laughs> on the line, having a chat. We will talk nor as normal tomorrow. Of course, a lot of other stuff to get through with you. So we'll chat again tomorrow. Thanks, mate. No problem. Have a good day. Chris Perkins on the line from America, reflecting on the career of Tom Brady, who has announced his retirement again overnight. Um, and we'll talk again to Chris, as I say, tomorrow. Um, and there's a text here from Dan on 0457736736 saying it's time for Tom to say goodbye. We said one more season last year and we got it. Was disappointing the final season. Things just didn't click. Uh, thanks for the memories, Tom, Thomas Edward Brady, the GOAT. Uh, yes, I think everyone uh, would agree with that. Favourite Tom Brady moments, if you have any, feel free to share here. 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. After the next break, we're going to talk to Menas Andrew Mensel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast asking you this morning, uh, coaches, 96% of them, want uh, the technology to be able to rule on four passes in the NRL. Do you want more technology in rugby league or do you want less? 0457 736 736. And they've also said that Craig Bellamy with 67% of the vote is the best coach in the NRL. But Craig Fitzgibbon is the second best on 13%. Ivan Cleary only voting, uh, getting 8% of the votes. What do you reckon? Who is the best coach in the NRL at the moment? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more of your texts. And Andrew Menzel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast up next. It is 27 to 6 in New South Wales, 27 to 5 in Queensland. It is Joel and Fletch not too far away with breakfast. Uh, Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of that. Then Pat and Heels from 6am local time. Don't forget Fossey and Brandy back with you Monday week. Uh, next week will be Julian King and Jaleesa Apps. We'll talk cricket with Andrew Mensel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast in just a second. Uh, just an update uh, from this meeting between the NRL and the RLPA. Uh, City Morning Herald reports uh, that they have been a step closer to finalising a new collective bargaining agreement for female players after what was described as the most constructive meeting in months. Uh, NRL Chief Executive Andrew Abdo and RLPA boss Clint Newton uh, spent five hours at Rugby League Central yesterday on the second day of a three-day lock-in to try and finalise a deal. Uh, while a deal for the male players remains some way off, there is hope that an agreement can be reached uh, for the female players by the end of next week. Uh, the RLPA and uh, the NRL are working towards uh, that situation and hopefully uh, that will happen very, very soon. It's probably a good time to actually speak to Andrew Mental Menace from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Firstly, morning to you, Menace. How are you going? Yeah, I'm doing well, Dan. Um, big night with the news about Tom Brady retiring. Mm. I heard you talking about it before, but I've got news. He's announced to come back. So <laughs> he's coming back. Uh, wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. Uh, that's a very, that might be the quickest retirement uh, ever if he did that. Uh, look, just before we get no, no, on... I'm only joking. I'm only joking. He's, he's, I think he's going to stay retired. Stay retired and definitely top 20 quarterback in NFL history. I, I, I got that feeling from the... Instagram and Twitter video that it might be it. But you never know. You just never, never know, do you? Um, hey, just before we get to some of the cricket topics, of mm. course, uh, you know, big news story over the past two or three weeks in the world of rugby league leading into the season beginning in a month's time is this talk between the NRL and the RLPA. I won't, look, I won't get you to comment on that, but has there ever been a similar type situation in cricket uh, here uh, at all? Absolutely. So, you know, this crisis that rugby league is facing at the moment, it's 
similar to the the situation uh, the cricketers found them in. I think in 2017, they were negotiating with Cricket Australia their basically memorandum of understanding, which is basically how they divide all the money up. And it got so tense that actually all the players went off contract. Mm. And there was a while there where there were no contracted uh, cricketers in Australia. So, um, yeah, and they're actually renegotiating um, that now, the, the um, Australian Cricketers Association and Cricket Australia. So hopefully it doesn't get that messy this year. No, hopefully uh, not. Now, just before we talk uh, about some of the issues, Usman Khawaja, I mentioned at the top of the show, stuck in Australia. He had to fly from Sydney to Melbourne yesterday. A few issues with his visa. I imagine this will be sorted and he's supposed to be flying out today. But I know we're a week away from uh, the first test match, so it's still a while away, but still a bit of a uh, distraction that Usman and the team didn't need. No, not at all. Uh, so from my understanding is that um, this is kind of just a sort of paperwork issue that because Usman was born in Pakistan, he needs a different visa and they're just trying to get their hands on one for him. Um, it would be a pretty uh, underhanded way to knock out one of our informed batters just to you know deny them um, entry to the country. It would be, would be quite extreme. Um, you know, maybe we should do that to Virat Kohli next time they come here. <laughs> Um, but yeah, hope, I think it'll all get sorted and he's due to fly, um, out on Thursday. So today. All right. Yeah. Hopefully he gets uh, out there and ready to go for that first test beginning in a week's time. Now, Cameron Green, uh, we know he picked up an injury during our summer. Uh, where do things stand with uh, him heading into this first test beginning next week? Yeah, it's look. Uh, Dan, it's a, it's a really important issue because I think it's really going to affect the balance of the Australian team in that first test against India. So Andrew McDonald, the Australian coach, said that Cameron Green won't be fit to bowl in the first test against India. And I'm a little bit annoyed about this. I'm a little bit of mad manners for you with your <laughs> breakfast this morning, listeners. Um, they're saying that he doesn't have the right bowling load to bowl. So he's fit, he could bowl, mm. but um, they just want to be cautious and rest him. And I think that's really weird because he's not out with a bowling injury. He's broken his finger, so that's why he's he's not playing at the moment. I could understand if he was coming back from a back injury, you don't want to rush him back. But I just think this is way too conservative. One of the problems with modern cricket that, you know, this guy's an all-rounder. He's fit to bowl, but, oh, no, mate, just, just no bowling this test match because you haven't been bowling enough. I, I just think it's crazy. Um, and then following on from that, mm. it also really affects the balance of the side because if he can bat at number six and bowl, that means Australia has a lot more flexibility in which bowlers they choose. So they could potentially pick two spinners, two fast bowlers, and then you've got green as your fifth bowler. So if uh, you know your second spinner has a bit of trouble at times, uh, you, you've got enough cover. So uh, I, I just think this is a huge issue for Australia. And I know lots of listeners out there who've been watching cricket will be perplexed that someone can be fit but not bowling. Yeah, well, if he's, you'd think if he's going to play, then he should be bowling. It, it seems pretty obvious to me. I Absolutely. mean, unless we're both missing something menace, which, you know, is always possible. No, I think that's, yeah, that's strange. Yeah, I mean, you know, they say, oh, he's young. We don't want him to get injured. He's had injuries in the past. But I, I think it's ultra-conservative. And uh, and then, you know, uh, you know, that made me think about what Australia should do with their first test team 
if Cameron Green can't bowl. Mm. Um, you know, so does Australia pick five bowlers and move our wicketkeeper Alex Carey to bat at six? Um, and that way, Pat Cummins has you know a lot more flexibility um, rather than just picking say four bowlers. And then if we get stuck in the field for two days in in India and it's hot, we could be really in trouble without an all rounder. So it actually sort of throws the whole team up in the air. Yeah, what is the likely first Test team looking uh, like with the first Test beginning next Thursday afternoon? Yeah, so I think you'll see, uh, you know, Warner, Kawaja, Smith, uh, Labuschagne and Smith as your top four. I think Travis Head will certainly start the series at number five. There has been question marks over his ability to score runs in subcontinental conditions. We know how good he is on Australian pitches. Uh, He's proven that season after season, but now the challenge for him is to do it in foreign conditions. So I think he will start at five. But if, if he has a rough couple of tests to start the series, don't be surprised if you see, say, a, a Renshaw and a Hanscom maybe vying for that spot. Mm. And then number six, and this is the question mark, do you stick with Cameron Green as your as a specialist batter or do you pick a Renshaw or a Hanscom who have played in India before on the last tour? Mm. Um, so they've got that experience. So question marks over number six or do you put Alex Carey who normally bats at seven up to number six and pick five bowlers. So then you might have a Cummins, Hazelwood, um, Nathan Lyon, and then the second spinner, which could be Murphy, Swepson, or Agar. And they'll, they'll probably go with Agar, considering they picked him in Sydney, but certainly no guarantees. And then Mitchell Stark, he's, he's missing the first test in India with a finger injury. Mm. Um, so, um, you know, they'll have to decide, do they pick... Uh, the hero of the MCG, Scott Boland, or do they go for the wild thing from uh, Western Australia, Lance Morris, for that extra pace? Um, So, look, quite a few questions to be answered in the lead-up to the Test match. I think it's going to be an intriguing build-up to the series. And, uh, yeah, just I'll be watching, you know, and I think the conditions will play into it what team they select. Yeah, and looking forward to talking about all of that next uh, Thursday. Before we let you go, the Big Bash wrapping up over the course of the next 48 or so hours. The Sydney Sixers up against the Brisbane Heat uh, for the right to play the Perth Scorchers on Saturday night. The Sixers and the Heat play tonight. How do you see this one playing out? And then who takes it all out on Saturday night? Yeah, well, I think the Sixers go in as heavy favourites at home in conditions they're familiar with, with our, our mate Stephen O'Keefe, SEN regular, um, bowling on that spin-friendly pitch. I think you will you should see the Sixers win. And, of course, the Brisbane Heat have lost a lot of star power with, um, you know, Kawaja, Labashane and Renshaw all heading to the Tour of India. So they're going to be a different side than you would have seen in the last couple of games. So I think the Sixers start favourites, but... Uh, you know, last year we saw in the same match the Adelaide Strikers almost upset the Sixers. So mm. I think it's going to be a, a great match. And then, you know, talking about the final, the Scorchers start heavy favourites at home, defending champions with a huge crowd at Optus Stadium. Um, I, I just think, yeah, they start heavy favourites. But if the Sixers can get there, you never know. Uh, you know, they're a great team themselves.
But I think we're in for a really good couple of matches to wind up the Big Bash. Yeah, and it's been a pretty good Big Bash year as well. Definitely the best one for quite some time. And you will hear that tonight as well. I believe it's Jimmy Smith and Doug Bollinger in commentary this evening uh, from uh, probably 6 or 7 o'clock with um, the cricket and, of course, uh, the winner goes on to play Perth Scorchers on Saturday night. Menace, what was in your... Well, Dan, Go just on. to clarify, I think first ball is 7.15. 7.15. Sydney okay. okay. So, All right. Look, um, I think they'll probably go on a, just a bit before that. Looking forward uh, to that tonight. Men, as I saw Lockie McCurdy was part of your podcast with yourself and Jaleesa the other day. Did I see that correct on Twitter? That's right. Yep. So um, we, we just released a new episode. So when you finish listening to the SEN stuff, Download Cricket Unfiltered, yeah, Lockie McCurdy from Code Sports and Jaleesa Apps. Um, yes, I wasn't her warm-up act this, this time. <laughs> she came in and we chatted cricket together, which was fantastic. Lots of, um, yeah, I posed a few questions. I think some of the listeners will enjoy hearing, um, so definitely download it. Yeah, and on air from 7 o'clock uh, tonight, the cricket at is Sydney time. And it's great stuff. We will chat next week. Uh, the Big Bash will be done, and then all attention will turn to Australia up against India. Thanks, mate. We'll chat again soon. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Andrew Mensel, Menas from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. If you do love your crickets, well worth a listen. Uh, him, Paul Dennett, Jaleesa Apps, as well as um, uh, Lockie McCurdy this time as well. So thank you, uh, Menas. We'll chat to him next week. And that Big Bash update was all for the Isuzu MUX. Live your own way in the seven-seat Isuzu MUX. Visit your local Isuzu Ute dealer today. Uh, let us take a break. On the other side of this, we'll finish it off with some text. It is 11 minutes to 6 o'clock in New South Wales, 11 to 5 in Queensland. Time for a very quick call on the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Gary from Newtown. Morning, Gary. Good morning, Dan. Just quickly on the coaches, mate. Yep. With that pile with Fitzgibbon's second pick, mm. well, if, if that's, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Serralda. I know, I know he has it. That's a, that's a big go, call. I've been the club. Yeah, this, I've been the clubs over the last 40 years, mm. watching clubs, how, how they perform. And I say, well, that's not going to work in September. Why are we doing that? He's absolutely nailed it in the last three months. I'm quietly confident he's a future coach. And the other coach I like mm. is the Rabbitohs coach. Yeah. I think he, he's got ability as well. But there's a few good coaches out there. Look, I can't bag the Penrith coach. I reckon he's good. Anyone who can get Warriors in a grand final has got some ability. That's how I see that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Gary. I did find it. Yeah, look, I think Craig Fitzgibbon's a very uh, good coach. But, yeah, Craig Bellamy overwhelmingly on the coaches poll, 67% saying Craig Bellamy the best coach. Second best coach, Craig Fitzgibbon on 13%. Head of Ivan Cleary and won a couple of competitions in a row. Thank you for the call, Gary. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Keep the calls coming in and the text for Joel and Fletch. Just a couple of texts to finish uh, things off. This one from the Serbian Sea Eagle. Uh, Dan, the last thing the NRL should do, this is on the technology with the Ford Passes, is give the coaches what they want. Serbian Seagull, yeah, 96% of coaches wanting more technology uh, in the game. Thank you, Serbian uh, Seagull. And this one from Jason saying, Dan, Craig Bellamy is the best coach in the NRL. 
well. And the video referee should be able to adjudicate upon four passes. That's from Jason. Uh, Yeovil Treatment, I did see your text. I'll read that out tomorrow because it's a very interesting text uh, regarding uh, tennis. Uh, and Kingswood Welder says, great to hear from Gary at the end of the show. We well, might call Joel and Fletch again and give his opinion after 6am as well. They are coming up with the breakfast show for our Queensland listeners. You'll get the first hour of them and then Patton Heels along at 6am local time. Tomorrow for us, Charlie Goodsir will wrap up the week in sport with me. We'll catch up with Chris Perkins again and John Gallo will preview a big week of football coming up. Thanks for your company. Joel and Fletch next for breakfast. I'll see you tomorrow at 5.